gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the one who has promised not to leave us nor forsake us. You are here. You are here. And we thank you that we have not gathered in vain, but you have decided to show up in our midst. blessings be ours in the name of Jesus. Speak to us this afternoon and as we continue in a few moments to worship and praise and be excited in your presence, please let this presence be permanent and let your name be glorified forever. Thank you Father. Jesus mighty name we pray. Come on, let's start together and celebrate Jesus. God bless you, may be seated. God bless you, may be seated. Hallelujah. Uh, just one or two announcements before we go. First, on the different experiences, what actually is prompting to the message of today. Um, twice, he, I can't give you the details, but I'll tell you the interpretation. The Lord showed me a few things uh, which pointed... And I was very excited. I nearly shouted when it became clear to me what the Lord was saying. And the long and short of it, straight to the point, is that God is pointing us to the most important thing he created human beings for. And the way this came across to me was that I'll share a bit of it with you. Now, what's the difference between eggs and chicks? You know, that's a word of difference between eggs and chicks. Hmm? Chicks. That came from egg. Right, okay. Uh, What's the main difference between eggs and chicks? One is alive. Egg is alive. Biologists with egg is alive too. They will call it living. Eh? 
Cheeks have been arched. Good. I, I think, yeah, all correct. But more importantly, if you have your egg in your hand and you eat your egg, that is the end. But if that egg will hatch and become cheeks, you have a propagation of that same egg. And I think twice the Lord showed that, and I was struggling with that. And it all comes down to one thing, which means that our eggs, and I'm speaking in parables now, I will make it clear in a minute, that our eggs are not meant to be eaten, they are meant to be incubated and to hatch and to propagate themselves. So many a times, our lives are boxed in so that the little blessing we have, they have not multiplied, they have not propagated, and we have not experienced the most important thing that God has created you and I to do. And believe you me, the most important thing God has created us to do is easily understandable by the first thing God said unto man. You see, the most important thing about God is that we call it the law of first mention. Whatever is important to him, he doesn't hide it. God doesn't preach the way we preach. He doesn't have introduction. God will come, tell you, and we move. God is, doesn't waste word. I mean, God help you at night. Many times we go for interviews, we keep going round and round and round. Many times people are asking us questions, we keep going round. Many times we are preaching, we keep going round. God does not waste his word. And so when God encountered human beings for the very first time in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, he made it very clear what he wanted man to be. And he says, then God blessed them and God said to them, be and be fruitful and Dare I say that that is the most important thing that the devil fights against in the life of human beings. He makes us not to be fruitful. And, you know, we use barrenness in a very narrow sense. Narrow sense in terms of having biological children. But fruitlessness is a lot more prevalent than we will imagine. Many of our lives have not reached where we ought to reach, including mine. We are not as fruitful as God wants us to be. And how can a person be fruitful? How can egg turn into cheeks? By the hen brooding over it. Please turn to Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 in the New Living Translation. And I will talk about that. And in a few minutes we'll go back and continue to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The month of Holy Spirit presence. The earth was formless. And empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the spirit was overing over the surface of the waters. Do you have the message one? If you can give me the message, I think yes, our friend, I think got it. Earth was a soup of nothing, a bottomless emptiness, you know, ignore those ones, an inky blackness. God's spirit did what? Did what? Like a bird above the watery abyss. The Holy Spirit is about to brood over your life. And your eggs will arch. And you will suddenly be fruitful. The season of fruitlessness is about to end in your life and my life. It's about time that the eggs that just we be so temporary, about to be turned into something that's going to propagate for a long time. But the condition is that the Holy Spirit must brood over our lives. He must hover over our lives. One of the greatest pain in the hearts of many people is that we are not progressing as we ought to. 
We put in so much labor, we get so little results. And that is the long and short of what is called barrenness or fruitlessness. We put in so much. We desire so much. We don't get enough. We do so much in evangelism. We are not seen so saved. Sometimes you pray, you don't get results. But more often than not, we don't even pray enough. Sometimes we give. We've been wondering, where is the result of all the givings I've been doing? Fruitlessness. Putting something, get little out. Many because we have even forgotten the principles of sowing and reaping. We are even finding other means to get the money, to try and gamble, to try and play the lottery, which are not means God, God has ordained for us to get our fruitfulness. But this very month in the name that's above all names, our stories will collectively change. Fruitfulness will come. Children, they'll be very fruitful in their minds. But we tell the Holy Spirit to hover, to brood. Some, our health have been so up and down. No buoyancy, but buoyancy is returning. Because when the Spirit broods, you will see that life will come out from you. And that's what the Lord has sent unto us this month. But there are a few things that we need to do to get this. Number one, I mentioned unto you that to be fruitful, you need, first of all, to make up your mind. You will lay your eggs before the Lord so that you can brood over it. That is very, very important. Your ex can mean your money. And I'm not talking laying your money in church. It's good if you do so. I'm meaning consecrating everything you have and say, God, I place it in your hand. Lay your job before God. Lay your personal life before God. Say, Lord, I hand it over to you. Lay your ministry before God so that the Holy Spirit can over over it. Stop running in your own strength. Stop trying to figure it out. You have tried. We have tried. It has not worked. It's about time to say, God, I give all to you. I give you all. Help me. I can't do it anymore. I'm frustrated. I know I should be fruitful, but I'm not. But I know that without you, the great mother hen, the great one who with your warmth can make my egg to arch and so that I can be, there can be voices coming out from my life. An egg doesn't make a noise. But when the chick comes out, you hear them making all those little, little noise. And it's about time that noise of rejoicing will come from your home. Yeah. It's about time that it's not just going to be, oh, the same old story again. It's about time that it's not going to be, well, so they said last week. So they said last month, I have not seen it. But the truth of the matter is that God is saying unto you, your deliverance is closer than when we first started. That you are closer by the day to what God has ordained for you. You won't give up. I won't give up. You won't get to a point in which others decided to run the rest of the race. And you are wondering, well, why did I stop? I probably should have joined them. When we were doing secondary school, there are some guys that have thought that it's a sheer waste of time, you know, to have gone all the way and go for further studies in various places of, you know, higher institution, as they call them. And they decided to just drop out. I came across one of them and, you know, he's, he's doing something with himself, learned to trade, not because he couldn't have gone further. And then, you know, he was running all around me. I was working somewhere in one of the hospitals in Nigeria, and he, he was asking me to get contract, which is okay, that's nothing wrong, but he wasn't in a good place. And one of the regrets he had was that he wished he himself should have been advised 
The way some of us were advised by our parents to go all the way. I'm advising you today, don't stop. It looked hard at that time. It looked, oh, what is the point? What's the point? I can earn a few quid. And he did. But he discovered that he should have run the race to the end. You won't stop in the name of the Lord Jesus. You won't stop in the name of Jesus. So number one, purpose to present your egg unto him who can brood over every aspect of your life. Every aspect. Can I hear your amen unto that one? You're waking up and you're sleeping. Present to Jesus. Amen. Don't assume. Don't assume. Do you know that those people that God had used mightily, they were only doing the simple things and they got the great results. If you read your open heavens of sometime last week, what we know, when you see people that God has used, like our general overseer, you know, whom we lovely call, you know, fondly call Daddy Gio, he was writing that, you know, he went on a tour with somebody and, um, you know, when they were leaving the house, they prayed. When they got to the car, they prayed. When they, there's not necessarily long prayer. They came out of the car. They, and the man asked, why do you always pray? The man said, well, I think, I can't remember his, his, his answer unto that. But essentially, why do you pray all the time? Because I'm totally dependent on God. That's what I mean by laying your lives down. When you get behind that stair, before you turn the key, just say a few words of prayer. You know, it's habits that we all form that we actually determine who we eventually will be. We all have habits. Form good habits. And I'm serious about that. Don't, 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 don't. when you see the greatest thing that make the, 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 the things that make the greatest people to be great, they are small things. Lay your life down. Amen unto that one. Wake up every morning. Lord, I'm going again today. It's a hard job. I don't like it. And you hear his voice. Very fun, wonderful testimonies this morning. And when you are taking sauce, it could be difficult. You know, when David was giving the testimony, that was a very good testimony that, you know, somewhere along the line, I was, you know, thank God for hearing God's voice to say move. And, you know, and if God is in it, you'll be shocked how things will move quickly. If God is in it, you know, many of us will have been different places if we grow to the extent in which we can hear God. If we don't leave it to the pastors to go and hear God. If you don't say that's their job, let them come and tell me. You know, he can give you direction. But the twists and turns of the way, they're individual. You need to find your way. You need to grow. You need to know Jesus in a more intimate manner. This past week, and I'm not going to die in Jesus' name. Oh, not soon. Amen. I will die. I mean, you will die too. Well after 90. Well, you know, you know my, where I've said, yeah. Uh, anyone that lives up to 90, you've not done too badly. And, you know, I was looking back. I'm not writing my valedictory yet. I said, Lord, what is the final legacy if I were asked to go and do something else by the system? Or God speaks to my heart. And what's the final legacy I want to leave here? You know the final legacy? To raise the people who know God and are fervent in prayer. You see, at every stage of your life, you reassess. And I've done my reassessment. And I'm going to dedicate by the special grace of God the rest of my ministry until the Lord changes it to raise people who can know God and can pray. And I mean pray. Not those that are looking for prayer contractors. Not those that are running around. And it's good to ask people to join faith. But I want to hear more of the testimony, Pastor. In the middle of the night, I woke up, I prayed, and God appeared to me. I want to hear more of that. 
It can be flattering. Oh, I went to pastor. Pastor Prefamilier had upon me and something happened. That's okay. But Jesus did not rejoice in that. What he wanted to hear is that the disciples were able to stand up on their own and pray. It's about time. Ten year olds in this place. We begin to pray fervently and things will happen. But we need to desire it. So I'm already kind of setting that. Lord, let that be my legacy. And that's going to continue for a little while. So that's number one thing that we need to do. I've moved on to that point now. After you have laid it all down, pray a lot. Say, pray a lot. Pray a lot. Uh, plenty of prayer. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I may appear complex, but I'm a very simple person. Sorry for referring to myself. I'm very, very simple in my thought. Sometimes in breaking things down, it becomes complex. But I'm generally a very, very simple person. I don't like complex things. And I always love one things. You know, that is, I, I don't like seven points. I may give you seven points, but at the end of it, I always want to tell what is the most important point out of it. You know one thing? Two things I believe are important in life. Number one, prayer is everything. And don't listen to people that tell you, oh, prayer, prayer, oh, well, if you pray, you don't work. No, if you pray well, you will work. Because I've learned that prayer will move you to work. <laughs> you are joking. I mean, if you know how to pray, prayer is everything. If you pray, really pray, the prayer that men of old prayed, and they will be compelled. When Paul was saying the love of Christ compelled me, that is, it wasn't just him moving, something moved him. Of course, the Holy Spirit is not the something, it's not the something, but someone moved him. When you pray, you will do. And don't let anybody tell you it's a mixture of a little bit of prayer, a little bit of work. It's all prayer. And I'm committed unto that until we build the people. And I know we are all very far from it. I'm setting hours and targets and everything. Everywhere I turn, all I hear now is that a people that will pray, there's nothing they can do. Why are terrorists troubling us? We are not praying. I'm sorry. We are not. Even in nations where terrorism has been troubled, they probably have not been praying the right kind of prayer. The kingdom of God should advance forcefully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, your kingdom come. That is the pattern of the kingdom. Folks, the battle we are fighting, they are not physical battle. The politicians, poor, they haven't got a clue. Thank God for all the other things they are doing. But when it comes, because terrorism and all this evil, they are purely spiritual issues. And you cannot use physical forces to overcome them. Folks, we must pray. And I mean pray. And anybody can pray. Thank God for prayer. You don't need a theological school to pray. We organize Bible school so that we can just tear your heart off. For most of the times, things we do in Bible school, we try to make it 60% prayer, 40% talking. Anybody, old hymn writer, they say, prayer is something that even the lips of a child can do. And it's nothing religious. It is just a life dedicated unto God based on the fact that I am weak. Those that don't pray, they are strong. You know how much it took me just to talk to you for less than 30 minutes? And I'm not, and I'm far, far from where I should be. Just for 30 minutes. Because I know I can speak, I can make you laugh, you can, but there might be no impact. You might just live the way you have come. But if you go not to live the way you come, prayer must have gone into it. And I'm looking back at moments in time past, which is going to come back. Because I think we've neglected prayers. Which in time past, when, you know, just a first sentence 
people are gripped in their heart. Where is the power again? Who will hold God by the hand and pray and leave all the glitters that are going on? Glitter today, glitter will fade away tomorrow. What we stand is the power of God that moves the heart of man. I'm serious about that. Dare I say dead serious about that. I'm only interested in the church that prays. Because the weakness that is confronting every one of us, if I were to shoulder your own weakness, shoulder his own, and shoulder my own, I probably won't wake up tomorrow morning. So I need you to pray. For your sanity, for my sanity. Because the heart of a pastor, as much as I love you, the tendency is to spare you the praying, but to keep you safe and keep me safe. We must pray. We must pray. And I tell you, and I'm not talking of prayer, of just 30 minutes of prayer, and if nothing happens, God is not God. (laughs) We used to call it praying through. That is, you pray and pray and pray, you come back tomorrow and pray again. Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 11 was talking to the people and was saying of a man who was importunate, who was persistent in his prayer. He just kept on going on. Number one problem we face, as I mentioned to you, God sometimes gives me this grace to be able to have an, incli- an idea of what is going on in the heart of people. Our greatest problem as a church, generally, not only Fountain of Love, but most Christian church, is that because of the age that we live in and the spirit of the age, we do not believe that things spiritual sometimes take time. We don't. And so everybody said, I've, no, I've been there. Pastor, pray for me. Where God answered out of the prayer, where he's not answering enough, let me go to, you know, another pastor to pray. Let me go to another brother to pray. Whereas all God is asking for is that you stay at your place. Hannah was going to Shiloh year in, year out. One day, the miracle came. It wasn't the first time she went. And we don't seem to tell us this most of the time. Though we speak confidently about the power of God, but we don't tell us all the truth. That where everyone who God has made an impact in them and is making impact through them, the greatest key is that they've been persistent in prayer. It's taking time. It doesn't, it's not, there's no microwave. Everyone doesn't do microwave. Everyone doesn't do microwave. Did you see in your Bible microwave in heaven? Doesn't do microwave. It is constant and persistent. So please, I beg you of the name of Jesus Christ, let's stay in the place of prayer. Number th- the next point I will mention to you is praise. Amen. And anyway, before I leave that pray, uh, prayer one, and I take the last point, and then we just rise up and pray briefly. Uh, trust me, I naturally by my heart, I, I will be the last person, and I don't need to make excuse for that. I'll be the last person that will want to bother you or even ask you to come out and pray or fast if I've not checked and checked and checked and checked with God. Because I, I, I just don't like it. I, just, I don't like, generally, I'm trying to grow out from doing things because it feels good or it looks good. Because the thing is, I can fall on your face. That's why I try not to just look over the shoulder, over the fence. What are they doing somewhere else? It may work there, it may not work here. Always check. In my life, in my family, uh, you know, I'm very compliant, but long story cut short. The last time we prayed, 
six to seven for seven days was last month. Am I right? It has to be last month. And I warned you at that time that this, are, this might not be last time. Did I warn you or not? I had no plan, to be honest with you, that we've got to do another one. And I even learned, you know, some people, somebody called me. Did he call me? Somebody was talking to me about in Nigeria. He said, you know, when Daddy Joe calls a 100-day fast or whatever, there are people that say, oh, I think it was in one of the open levels. He said, some people say that that is their last fast for the year. So they just wash their hands like that. I said, fast, that is you. I said, I'm done. I've fulfilled all righteousness. Any other one who dares call any other thing, you're your own. By the special grace of God, emphasis shall be on prayer this week. It will be good if you add fasting to it. You'll get benefit of it. Six to seven, we pray, including Sunday this time around. On Sunday, we gather 5 p.m. by God's grace, and we just pray for one hour. And the main purpose is that so that God can incubate your egg. Are you hearing me? So that you can be fruitful. So that fruit is enough. Aren't you tired of being fruitless? Aren't you? You're not. And if God is saying, look, come on, children, press on. As long as you are still alive, I'm giving you strength to do it. And we shall do it. Finally, one other thing that will make the presence of God to come down is what? Praise. Um, I've not got time. I've run out of time now. But we can put up Acts chapter 16. I just make mention very quickly some of the things that praise. All through the week, we will visit some of these things one by one. Anyway, Acts chapter 16, I think we can just do verses 22 to 26, and then we'll close on that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you will be fruitful in Jesus' name. Can title the message, The Presence of God. Uh, title doesn't matter, but can title it that. Then the multitude rose up together against them, as against Paul and uh, Silas. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But, somebody say but. At midnight, Paul and Silas were, number one point, please, I ask of you, if it's only once a week, if it's more, try and pray across the midnight hour. Uh, there's a lot of rumbling everywhere that people are suggesting. Just do it. Just do it. It might not be long. It depends on individuals. But if you think there's any success that is cheap, please, come and show me. And I'm sincere with you. I'm sincere with you. If, you. if you know where they can get cheap sources, come and tell me. It's very unlikely that I will follow you there. But there's no cheap success. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and uh, singing hymns to, and the prisoner were listening to them. Point number two, when you are making your praise, let it be loud. Let it be loud. Let it be loud. People, and don't intend to be a nuisance in your neighborhood. Try and shut your windows. Do as best as you can. But don't tie yourself around the arms and the legs because you do not want to offend. You may end up offending him who will deliver you from offense. I beg of you, let your praise be loud. 
And as I've mentioned, there's nothing cultural about loud praise. I visited most of the island parts of Scotland, a place where the river was. Oh my, oh my, I was in Lewis. In Stone and um, in Stoneway. I was with one of the pastors there, very vibrant man. Oh my, oh my. Talk of loud praise in that place. Talk of loud praise. I read all the stories about how people were gathering the midnight hour. They would gather from around six in the evening and they would not. And these were crofters. These are people that were doing, you know, shepherding and raising sheep and all the rest. They would not stop praying until around five or six in the morning. And straight from there, they go and milk their cow. They go and tend to their sheep. They go and feed them. And they were doing cycling. And many of them, they were falling under the anointing. I'm not talking of something new, something ancient days. The same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. Amen unto that one. Amen. Don't let anyone deceive you. Let your praise be loud. Next verse. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. So that the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were open. Number three point. When you praise God, God goes to the root of your problem. Goes to the foundation of the problem. It goes beyond just most of the time, it's just the tree top that has been cut. It's just the branches. But when praise, proper praise goes up, it goes to the foundation because it is God that arises when we praise. And when we praise and God arises, his enemies are. It's important. And immediately, and when we praise, chains are loosed. It's good for casting out demons. It's good for commanding things. But many a times, a good deal of problems get, problems, they get solved when we praise God and praise him adequately. And we will give a lot of time unto praise this week in the name of Jesus. And chains shall be broken. I say chains shall be broken. I have one prayer to pray for you. I might invite you to rise up or not, but let me just pray that prayer and I depend upon what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. That prayer I want to pray for you for strength. To do what God asked you to do. Inner strength. You know, I'll be talking about one thing. One thing is prayer. The other one is, is all grace. I'll talk to you about that as well later on. It's all prayer and it's all grace. I'll talk to you. Mm. It was very good when this man, uh, uh, Martin Luther, you remember him? The reformation man. When he said the only, the, the, he mentioned three things at that time, you know. It says, sola gratia, only by grace, sola scriptura, only by the word, and sola fide, only by faith. And I still believe all those three foundations of the Reformation they still stand. It's only by grace. What am I saying? We've called us to come and pray. It's only by God's help in your life that you'll be able to turn up. Ask for grace. We've asked you to skip a meal or two. It's only by grace. That's why I'm very careful when people are struggling to fast. If I can, it's because God has given me the grace. But I sought the grace. I mentioned to you before, the first time I did not eat, by 12 noon, my legs were shaking. But by the special grace of God, things have changed. Hallelujah. <laughs> and they will change for you too. So, this week, uh, we ask that God himself will strengthen you. If you may just rise with me then. Make it into my heart now. I just want you to lift your hand. Just have a minute left and I really, really will track you to time. Thank you, Jesus. 
Lord, in surrender, we lift our hands to you. A clear sign that we cannot do it on our own. A clear sign that in ourselves we are weak, but you are strong. Lord, you've given us instruction and the roadmap unto the place of abundance and fruitfulness. So we ask, in the name that's above all names, release your grace. Release your grace. Grace to pray. Grace to wait on you. Grace to praise you with all our hearts. Release it upon us. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I'm standing in your name, convinced beyond any doubt that the story of we, your children, our stories are about to change. And they shall change for the better in the name of the Lord Jesus. Rain down your power. Rain down your power. Release grace upon us, O God. And cause our eyes to behold your glory. Father, Lord, we thank you. As we step into this next few days, Beginning from 6 p.m. tomorrow as we gather here, open the heavens over this place. And all the things you've promised me in secret, do them openly. Do them openly. Let no one fail to be in the place they ought to be so that it might not be said of them they did not receive what they could have received. Help us, Lord. As we take our time to really, really praise you in the next few moments, I ask in the name that's above all names that divine ability will rest upon us so that we will do prophetic praise, so that we will sow seed of praise and we come back and reap wild wind, big harvest of praise in the name of the Lord Jesus. The praise we offer in times of need and lack is different from the praise we offer in the times of abundance, times of testimony. Testimony praise should be louder. We are sowing with all our energy now. Praise in this time of need. But Lord, let the praise that comes in the times of testimony be our harvest in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do something special here. Thank you once again, Father. I ask that every one of you be hid under the cover of the blood of Jesus. No evil shall befall you. As the enemy may set his eyes to trouble you, in the name of Jesus, his eyes shall be blinded from seeing you. May he hide you under the pavilion of his wings. You will be safe. You will be safe. Death shall be far from you. If anything is dead in your life, let them come back alive now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Above all, receive spiritual resource. It's the greatest currency, spiritual resource. They turn into material resource as well. Receive spiritual resource right now. And let Jehovah be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Give you honor and glory. 
Jesus mighty name we pray for more information on what you've heard please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk you'll also find other media presentations available to you stay blessed in Christ Jesus Amen Amen